Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Freely Nourished. <laughs> I've tried to re record this intro like five times, so we're rolling with it. If you're not watching this live, my dog has just like jumped on to my lap. Um, when I have shut him out the door, he just whines in the background. So we are we are rolling with whatever he does. Welcome back to Freely Nourished, the podcast that empowers you to break the cycle of dieting by teaching you to nourish your body well. I am your host, registered dietitian, Erin Casey, and I am also the owner of New You Nutrition Counseling, where we believe that you can reach all of your healthcare goals at just about any body size. So if you are ready to break free of the toxicity, of the shame, of the utter misery that is diet culture, join us. Um, we actually now have a brand new way for you to join us. And that is through our membership program, which is called The Cauldron. Um, so witchiness and against the grain implied. Basically, it is a monthly membership where you pay, um, it will be $25 a month. Right now we are running a special for the rest of 2023. So it is actually just $50 for the entire year. Um, so for the next six months, it's just $50, which actually comes out to about less than $10 a month. So very affordable. Um, and you get a monthly group call with that. You also get access to a private Facebook group to where you can connect with other members. You will also get, um, it will be in total four workshops throughout the year, but because we were just starting and at the time that we started it, we were already halfway through 2023. You will only get two workshops for the remainder of 2023, but then going forward, it will be four per year. Um, no rules, no contracts. It's just, you know, sign up and keep paying for as long as you want. Um, and then you are welcome to, you know, uh, you're welcome to leave at any time and you're welcome to, of course, then rejoin anytime, <laughs> whatever, whatever works for you. Um, the goal is to help create community and create support around this idea of, of breaking out of diet culture, because honestly, it's really hard. It's still dieting and disordered eating is still very much normalized by society. Um, and it can be tough if you're trying to break away from that. If you're trying to improve your relationship with food, if you're trying to improve your relationship with your body, it can be really hard when society is continually telling you that you shouldn't be okay with the way your body is. You need to shrink it. And in order to do that, you need to take, you know, X, Y, Z steps. Um, so you may be finding yourself inundated with coworkers or family or friends or loved ones who are so very much enmeshed and ingrained in this, this diet culture toxicity. And you're having a hard time finding a place in a community that supports your goals at the same way, you know, the same way we would. So that's why we have created a community for you to do it. Um, I posted an episode all about the details on it. I will link it in the show notes below. If you want to listen to that. Also, of course, all the details are available on our website, which of course, I will also link, but that is newunutrition.com. Um, so what I wanted to talk to you about today is something that I've been getting kind of increasing questions about. Um, and it, it's really nothing fancy to be perfectly honest with you all. Um, it is um, really something that like somebody gave a name to that um, it, it, I don't know, honestly, it, it's really not that fancy. It's, it's something called reverse dieting. So um, if that's a term you've heard, um, I've, you know, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about today what it is, but really um, the idea of reverse dieting is kind of honestly exactly what it sounds. It's undoing the effects of dieting and getting you to a sustainable calorie load. So um, reverse dieting, it centralizes around um, a, a phenomenon or 
a calculation, I guess you could say, known as your basal metabolic rate or resting metabolic rate. Those are referred to as BMR and RMR respectively. Now, those two things are the same thing. You may see them used um, in different publications or different news media outlets, but BMR and RMR are both referring to the same thing. It is the amount of calories that your body burns when you are doing absolutely nothing. So it is for most people, the, the, the most, the majority of the calories they use in a day actually have nothing to do with their activity level. Activity, of course, does increase the amount of calories you need in a day, but most of us, you know, the amount of calories, the majority of the calories we use in a day do not have to do with our activity level. Our activity level actually has very little impact on the, um, the total calorie output that we have in a day. Most of those calories that we need are used up by our body, just being our body by keeping our heart rating or heart beating, sorry, our lungs breathing, our digestive tract running, all of those things. And honestly, all of the other thankless tasks that our bodies do for us each and every day that we are blissfully unaware of. Um, that's where the majority of your calorie output goes. Um, and we have calculators that help us determine uh, kind of what your BMR or RMR, again, those two are the exact same thing. So if you hear me using them interchangeably, don't worry, I have not had a, an episode. Uh, they're, they're just, they're the exact same thing. You can use them interchangeably. Um, so your BMR, you can calculate it. Um, there are lots of BMR calculators available online. They all should take into account your height, your weight, and your age. Um, and that tells us where your BMR should be roughly. Um, it will vary a little bit. So for example, some two people who are the same height, same weight, same age, if one of those people is more muscular, proportionally more muscular, their metabolic rate may be a little bit higher than somebody who is proportionally more fat. That said, it should not be a drastic difference. Um, it, it should maybe be only be off by like a hundred calories or so. Um, to be honest, those calculators are pretty darn good at calculating what your BMR should be. Um, we do have fancier ways to calculate them. Um, ways that those things are, um, I think bod pods now will calculate an, an RMR for you. Um, and then you could also do something called indirect calorimetry, um, which again, here in Kentucky, I know of a couple of places that do that. Um, there's a couple of healthcare facilities that have it. You may want to search for places in your area. Honestly, it's typically not super expensive. It's you know somewhere between like 50 and a hundred bucks or test to have it done, um, which, you know, may not be affordable for everybody and that's totally fine. But, um, sometimes that's a nice way to kind of verify that, you know, your BMR is running in the range of what the calculator says it should be. Um, Again, the only times we see really big differences in that are in the athletic population. So in athletes, um, honestly, a lot of times, even in the same athlete, as they are putting on more muscle, we'll see their BMR, their RMR go up. Um, and that that's kind of a, a big way of athletic training facilities use both bod pods and indirect calorie imagery for those reasons to make sure that their athletes are being um, nourished appropriately. Um, outside of that, for a kind of like the average adult going to the gym, a couple of times a week, like, frankly, it's probably not going to vary all that much, but it's something to pursue if you're interested in. Um, 
So anyway, how does this, how does this relate to reverse dieting, right? So reverse dieting is kind of holds onto this concept is that our body can upregulate and downregulate our, our BMR. Um, so I told you about some ways that can upregulate it, right? So activity can't upregulate it if it's, if it's creating muscle, um, that's, that's kind of the major way you increase your RMR over time. Um, RMR is not something that varies day to day. It is, it is consistent. It is kind of more of a state of your body, not something that, that varies, you know, day to day, week to week, it will eventually increase or decrease over time. Um, one of the major ways you can decrease your RMR or decrease your metabolic rate is by not eating enough. So I always tell people, you know, when you think about your body and you're frustrated about changes that you're seeing or not seeing, remember your body was not designed to fit a certain beauty standard. And it certainly wasn't designed to lose weight. Um, in fact, it was very much designed to do the opposite. It was designed to survive. It was designed to withstand famines and illnesses and times where food was scarce. Um, and because of that, it has evolved a large number of ways to not only, you know, hold on to and store fat, but also resist the urge to let it go. Um, that's again, we are all on this earth because our ancestors had genetics that allowed them to make the most of their resources, to conserve those resources when they could. So if you think about dieting in that context, or you think about calorie restriction in that context, what you are signaling to your body is simply there's not enough food available. So let's hold on to everything we can. And I've, I've told everybody, you know, you should, if you've listened to anything I've ever said, you've probably heard me say that more than once in the past. Um, one of the ways your body does that, one of the ways it conserves those resources, it actually downregulates your BMR. Um, and we see this um, in, in all kinds of populations, but typically chronic dieters. So folks who intentionally restrict calories to that, uh, to levels that are well below their calculated BMR their BMR will actually lower itself. So you're slowing your metabolism down and it's not your metabolism. Again, for the average person, athletes is a little different, but for the average person, your total metabolic rate is very minimally impacted by your activity, whether that is like intentional activity or just like walking that you do day to day. Um, generally speaking, your, your calorie load is very, very minimally impacted by any activity that you do. So the majority of fluctuation in how many calories your body burns is actually seen through your BMR. So again, if you're eating well below what your calculated BMR value should be, or what you have directly measured your BMR to be, um, then unfortunately you have slowed your own metabolism down, right? And we see that again with indirect calorimetry data, we see it all the time in people who are chronically dieting, or even people who go on a diet for a short period of time, if they're eating below, so let's say your BMR is 2000 calories per day. Um, if you're eating 1500 calories per day, your body's going to lower your BMR to that. So it's going to slow your metabolism down to the amount, to meet the amount of calories that it's getting. That means it's cutting corners, right? So like, I think people are just like, oh no, my metabolism slow. That makes it harder for me to lose weight. Yes, that's true. And it has 
other consequences that are frankly more important. Um, it means that certain things are not getting done inside your body. Tissues are not being repaired. Um, things are wearing down. Bones and joints are not getting, you know, the collagen that they need. Uh, your brain may be not getting the energy that it needs to function fully. Um, people will notice, you know, brittle skin or hair or nails, things like that. They're starting to fall apart because you don't have the adequate protein to build those things and maintain them. So, you know, if you think about it in that context, it's kind of like a flower that you've just not watered in several weeks, right? Like technically the stem is still there and like, it's holding on for dear life, but like the petals don't look good. Like everything's falling apart. Um, you know, things may actually be falling off of it because like, it's just, it's not thriving, right? Like it's alive, but it's not thriving. Um, so that's kind of what happens when you eat below that calculated BMR. And what I want to say is that, you know, your BMR should be at your calculated BMR or higher. Um, if you have an indirect calorimetry study done and it's below what your calculated BMR has been, that means that you have, you're undergoing this effect, that you basically have been under eating for long enough that your body has downregulated its metabolism to basically survive under the conditions in which you are, you are asking it to, um, so always the goal is to be at or above the calculated BMR. Um, so, you know, the calculators do a really good job for a large percentage of the population. Um, like I said, in athletes in particular, sometimes just because there is a, an enormous difference in muscle mass, theirs will actually be higher. And that's where indirect calorimetry is really helpful to be like, okay, your BMR is actually higher than what we calculated to be, but it should never, you should never eat less than your calculated BMR is what I'm getting to. Um, just because your body is like downregulated its metabolism, that doesn't mean you should restrict more. That's just going to make the problem worse. And it's going to have very adverse health consequences kind of once you get to a certain point of restriction. Um, so what do we do? That's where reverse dieting comes in. Okay. Um, so the idea is that you, you calculate your BMR, um, and you basically kind of cross-reference, you want to make sure you were eating that much. So I use this in patients who are, are eating well below their BMR. Um, and it's not a simple matter of, well, I typically eat 1500 calories a day and my BMR is 1800. Yeah. Okay. I should probably eat a little bit more. I'm talking grow, you know, big differences where people are eating maybe 1500 calories a day, but their BMR is like 22, 2300 calories per day. That's a big difference right? Um, most of us could find a way to eat an extra 200 calories a day. No problem. Right? Like there's, there's no need for a process with that because, um, the, the idea is more than likely you, you can, you can find a way to add those calories and that's not going to be a huge ask. I use it when there's a big difference, um, like a 500 calorie plus difference between what you're, what you're currently eating and what your goal is. Now I want to be clear that the goal is not always to eat at your BMR. The goal is to eat up at or above your BMR. In most cases, it's actually above your BMR. If somebody's goal is weight loss or fat loss, I say never, ever, ever eat below your BMR, but very often they're still eating above. That's where activity comes into play. That's where um, things like kind of, you know, their typical intake comes into play, things like that. And also like kind of just where you tend to level off what feels best in your body. Most people, it's going to be above their BMR. Um, 
some some people it might be kind of right at it uh, it just it's going to depend and there's a lot of nuance there but again to be clear the goal like the bare minimum is your bmr um the most people are going to be eating above it and often people there's like a thousand calorie difference so that's what we're that's where reverse dieting comes in reverse dieting is basically just kind of taking what you know your bmr should be and then checking okay how many calories am i actually eating um and then basically reverse dieting is just like a stepwise approach to getting you from A to B. So getting you from where you, you currently are to eating at least at that BMR level, if not above it. Um, I will say too, that, you know, if you are somebody who has been under eating for quite some time, I very often will like overshoot the BMR, um, and, and kind of get your metabolism nice and stable for a long time in that kind of, not necessarily a surplus, but at least a kind of like a maintenance level. Um, and then I will, um, may potentially bring you back down to, to a small deficit, depending on your goals. Um, but reverse dieting is basically just, again, adding calories in a stepwise approach. I usually recommend about 200 calories a day for like a week, sometimes two weeks. So again, if you're at 1500 calories currently, and let's just say our goal is 2200, um, I would have you eat, uh, 1700 calories every day for two weeks and see how that feels. Um, and then I would probably bump you up to 1900 calories every day for the next two weeks and see how that feels. Um, and then I, I might just kind of go like, all right, let's just go all the way to 2200 for two weeks and see how that feels. Um, and then kind of play with it from, from there. Um, a lot of people are really, really scared of this approach because it means eating more and they're scared that it means that you're going to gain weight. Um, Honestly, in my experience, most people don't gain weight with this unless they have been on an extremely low carb diet, um, in which case, honestly, the calories aren't as important as the carbs. Um, when you go on a low carb diet, what it does is it basically suctions all of the glycogen stores out of your muscles and with that, a ton of water out of your muscles. So you lose essentially a ton of muscle weight. Um, that is not good. And your body really, really does not like that. That's why keto is bad for you one of the reasons why keto is bad for you. Um, when you reintroduce carbs, the first things those muscles are going to do is swell back up. So they're going to replenish their glycogen. They're going to replenish their, their water stores. Um, so yeah, you may gain that weight back, but that's more of an effect of the carbohydrate being reintroduced. Not so much the fact that you're increasing the calories outside of that. If you were eating a well-balanced diet before you just weren't eating enough, um, a big effect that I don't tend to see a lot of gain, a weight gain with it. Um, you may gain like one or two pounds along the way, but it's not going to be dramatic for most people. It's not dramatic at all. Um, even if I put them in like a relative surplus, it's, it's really, we don't see a ton of weight gain. I think people are almost like astonished by that. They're like, Oh my God, I'm eating so much more. How am I not gaining weight? Um, that goes into a, a lot of kind of you know, what I call the set point theory. I've done an episode on that before. Um, so that's something to kind of consider too, but, um, the, the reality is you're, you're likely not going to gain weight, but also I think even if you do, my question to you is what's more important, right? Um, I understand the pressure to want to look and feel a certain way and to shrink your body from, you know, from societal standards, from beauty standards, from health standards, all of that. I get that. But at the end of the day, you wouldn't even be listening to this podcast if you thought that everything you were doing was fine and it was working for your body. Um, you are here in this moment listening to these words because you know something's not right. 
Um, so I encourage you to kind of explore that um, and understand that the solution to that um, may be that you have to gain a little bit of weight in order to fix your metabolism. But fixing your metabolism also means fixing the way your body operates day to day. Um, that's that's really important, right? Like the way your body works, how it feels, how it thrives, how it's able to repair itself. Um, all of those things are really important. Um, and if you have to gain a couple of pounds to do that, I understand that it can be stressful and emotional, but it's also just kind of important, I think, sometimes to keep that big picture in mind uh, because it's, you cannot fix your metabolism by continuing to restrict. Um, I don't care if that restriction means calories. I don't care if that restriction means different foods. I don't care if that restriction means food groups like carbs. Restriction is never going to fix your metabolism. Period. I'm going to say that again. Again, if you hear it twice, it probably means it's important, right? Restriction of any form is not going to fix your metabolism. It is only going to hurt it. Plain and simple. No ifs, ands, or buts, no exceptions. So I want you to let that kind of sink in that, you know, yes, you may gain more weight. It's unlikely, but even if you do, you are actively harming your metabolism if you try to lose weight. Um, if you try to to continue re reducing or continue restricting from where you are now. Um, so I think that's just kind of something to to keep in mind. Um and eventually, you know, the, the idea behind reverse dieting is that once we get your metabolism up and running and functioning the way it should be, then all of the normal rules apply of calories in, calories out, et cetera. Um, so I think that's, that's the end game, right? The end game is to basically fix your metabolism, come out of this state of chronic deprivation and, and misery, <laughs> right? Um, and, um, and get, and get you to a place that, where basically your metabolism is functioning, your body is healthy, but then also all of the normal rules of calorie deficits apply. Um, so that's, and again, that's another reason why I may overshoot the BMR. So then we can come back down and create a deficit potentially at the BMR. Um, but again, the goal is to heal your metabolism. So, um, the goal is to make potentially maybe make weight loss possible in the end, but, but the real goal is to heal that metabolism. Um, so let me know. That's kind of my, my two cents on, on reverse dieting. Let me know what, um, what questions you guys have about it. And I will see you next time.